everyone. Today is December 15th, 2018, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. And this is actually going to be a special edition of the Duel Assessment podcast, which was spurned up last minute. And <laughs> what this is, is the best of 2018 show. And even though there will still be more podcasts in 2018, maybe two more podcasts, yeah, uh, there we'll, wasn't much we'll going see. on. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked if there's going to be one or two more, but we do plan to do more. There, there wasn't much going on, so we came up with kind of like a compilation of the best cards in 2018, and we'll, you're in for a surprise, so uh, we're not going to spoil it all here. But in Dual World itself this week, we saw the Sacred Light Dimension come late in the week. I think it was late in the week, because the other one took a while to end. Um no new card releases. Well, the card releases you get from the Sacred Light Dimension, but not a whole lot going on otherwise. Um, that's kind of, I mean, it's, I guess it's what we expected with them. Like 2018 winding down, they don't really want to have like a huge, a lot of stuff going on at the end of the year. So that's where we are. Where are you? Yeah, uh, I'm doing all right. I was looking for something kind of interesting to play. Uh, because I had a couple decks, have a couple decks that can compete on the ladder, but I just kind of wasn't feeling it. I've, I've been more drawn towards playing with other stuff, so I, I kind of specifically sought out something to try to find some fun in this right now. And with the most recent release, uh, the Secrets of the Ancients uh, mini box, there was kind of a, a little bit of a hullabaloo about... Um, Armades, I think maybe you pronounce it, um, which is a synchro summon. It's a five star synchro summon, one of the ultra rares in the box that we talked about, of course. And the idea with it is that you could put this package with Junk Synchron, another of the URs in the box, a three star tuner. When it's normal summon, you can uh, target one level two or lower monster in your graveyard, special summon it. So effectively, if you have a level 2 in your graveyard, you just summon Junk Synchron, and it's like a normal summoning Armades, which is pretty good. It's a 2300 attacker, has a good effect. And so obviously with just like 2-3 cards, you can fit that into any deck that has a level 2 in the graveyard fairly regularly. Or you can use um, Akiza, and she's got a skill... Uh, what grows in the graveyard or something like that, yeah. uh, which let it, you start with a level two in your graveyard. So the people were talking about maybe making her uh, with that skill and then this um, synchro summon as just like a package that you could put with lots of decks. And I was really interested in trying that out. So I bought the box a few times to get. Uh, so far, I have three of the. Uh, the Synch- the Armades and only two Junk Synchron, so I'm slightly inverse on that, but I might do it tooth might do it with two. And so I stopped buying it, but that was fine, but it spent like all my gems on it, only to realize I did not have the skill yet. So <laughs> uh long story short, that was kind of a disappointment. And I switched over to trying to skill farm for her to get more uh, to get the skill and in the process so i've been doing like actual skill farming then also i just played a little pvp with her 
the skill that she that I do have with her that's good is balance. So I just played some balance masked heroes and won like eight in a row or whatever, got up to legend, and then this event started. And so now I've only been doing the skill farming in the event. But all of that is to say that I did a bit of a whoops. Well, um, we're not seeing a card release set yet, so I guess uh, you could get some gems back. <laughs> yeah, I've already started to recoup a little bit through the event, but man, this is a disappointment, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, well, yep. Oh, well. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, what about you? I, I yeah. hear you've been more successful in this endeavor. Well, um... I definitely did not buy the box as much. And uh, early, last week I was talking about Tristan Vampires. And I kept the deck. And I went to Legend pretty fast. I think it was 35 games or so. And I got to Legend. And um, I did buy a little bit of the mini box. But I only have one copy of each card. So I have one Armades and one Junk Synchron. Um, I think I was going for the Trap Tricks when I was buying the box. So I have a bunch of those. But that's not complete either. But I do have the Akiza skill because I did play her for a whole month when I was playing the Noble Knights. So mm-hmm. I was able to get every single skill uh, that she has. And I did play this in a vampire deck that got King of Games. And I did lose more games than I wanted to. Like, I won more of the Tristan Vampires. And um, it's just, I think these cards are just nice to have, even though I was losing a ton with them. Um so I'm not I'm not disappointed, and I'm back to having a gem surplus again. So uh, oh, nothing was yeah. really lost for me. <laughs> so. Yeah. So it sounds like you didn't really have much more success with that specific card duo, but you were more successful in the general endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and I'm I'm about to get to Legend Two. I think I'm on a four game win streak with Tristan and Vampires. So. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad the skill's working. If I can only get King of Games with it, then I would truly proclaim success, but I'm, we're not there yet, so we'll see. Yeah, well, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, it just made so much sense. I, I'm waiting for other people to get... I, I'm hoping to be the first, but some probably got already, already got King of Games with Tristan Vampires. Yeah, but most of them, if not all of them, do not have a podcast, so you can still pretend like you're first, and more people will hear you say that probably it's true yeah so, yeah get get Tristan and get that <laughs> skill so all right so this week in esports there is one event that happened and one that is happening tomorrow the Dylan's Meta Weekly number 50 happened on Wednesday and this is now we're kind of continuing the the onslaught of vampires which we'll talk about soon but one-third of the decks were vampire decks, even though only one made it to the top four. And the thing that we see in common with the top four is everyone is playing a Shizu using sealed tombs. So that kind of makes sense, given vampires were a third of all the decks. Yeah, and as we've talked about before, the skill also has some splash like uh, value against other archetypes too. So it's like, when you have something that can counter the most popular deck and also isn't useless in the other matchups, then that's that's pretty solid. Especially when the most popular deck is this popular. You know what? I lost a game on the ladder against the old Ishiza skill, which is No Mortal Can Resist. 
And I was wondering if that was better. Because you could use that more, and the cards just become useless in the graveyard forever. Like, I was wondering if that was better. And, I mean, it probably isn't if no one's using it in the tournament, but it made me think if if it was better. Yeah, I... Does no mortal can resist? Does it hit both players? No, just their opponents' uh, monsters, and you—it's like every time you you have a thousand less mm-hmm. life points than your opponent. So interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just the um, you know the prophylactic nature of yeah. sealed tombs. You could do it ahead of time, kind of buy yourself a turn if you need to. But that's kind it of... hits them for two turns on one. Yeah, yeah, the prophylactic nature. Yeah. So that's kind of like the one major difference I'm seeing. Maybe that's why they feel like you have to do it. It can lock your opponent out for a turn if you like have the advantage. So that's pretty good. Look through the top four here. Edu16, who got third place last week, got first. And this is the Steel Tombs Banish Control. Um, this is the guy who's known as playing the uh, Celtic Guardian in the side deck. So it's back. And notably, um, you know, this is a 24-card deck. All your control cards, the Amazonist package is here as well. And they do run the two Magic Deflectors, which is pretty good against the Vampire uh, Field spell. And Continuous spell, too. So, Yep. Yeah, I don't remember how different this is from last week's, but it looks pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Congrats to him for, you know, doing so well two weeks in a row. Second place, Minato, Destiny Heroes, Sealed Tombs. Um, I, I mean, I'm just looking at this deck, and it looks pretty good against Vampires. Um, Celestial is very good. It destroys the field or continuous spell when it attacks. It doesn't have to go... The attack doesn't have to go through. I think it just gets declared, and uh, there goes the field spell. And Offerings to the Doomed, I've seen this a bunch. Um, pretty good against Gozuki specifically, not against the Skull, but, you know... Also, against the Graces, uh, Grace comes out and then you use this and they don't get to use their ability, so there's a bunch of things you could do. Um, yeah. Uh, Destiny Heroes, pretty good. Still pretty good. Yeah. So, now that I've finally played a little bit of Destiny Heroes, I learned a tiny bit of how to play it better. Uh, one thing was, like, with the mask change, I didn't realize, now that I think about it, obviously it makes sense, but your target has to be face up when you target it. So, so like I would summon um, my guy, my drill dart or whatever, and they would Paleozoic it. And I didn't realize that I had to mask change at that point, you know, as right. in response to save my guy. Um, so, I don't know. If you, like me, didn't know that, there's a tip for fighting against them. Or if you play with them, you certainly found out by now. But... If you've never played with them, you might not have noticed that, that you can flip them face down as soon as they play it, and then you prevent them from going off that turn. Unless you always start target. Did you always start with two mass heroes, mass changes in your hand, or was that did that happen less frequently? No, that's just a, that's a myth propagated by, I don't know, <laughs> by vampires players. Um yeah. But, I mean, the whole point of the balance build, of course, is that you do have a 50% chance to start with one in your hand. So that's kind of the whole point of that. Uh, obviously, with Sealed Tombs, you don't have that anymore, but you get to play with a slightly different ratio of cards. It's not that different of a ratio, though, so uh, that just kind of tells you how little this deck cares about doing 
the balance math is that it really only changes like a couple cards in your in your deck and often you can do that without hurting too much Third place KC false sealed tombs vampires. This is a different, slightly different. I mean, we're seeing econ kind of drop out in some of these decks. So there's two hey trunades instead of the two econs. You've got uh, two sphere creatures and paleozo canadia. Um, the build I'm running has mirror walls instead, and that's because I'm using Tristan. And often uh, you see the mirror walls in the bandit skill because you lose the life and then you steal their card. So that's why Mirror Wall Cosmic Cyclones are good. When you go to Shizu, I guess you don't need those cards, and then you could use better cards like Paleozoa Canadia. Uh, that's why it's there. So. Yep, all of that makes sense. And third place, Renato V, Sealed Tombs, Bujins. This is... Now, the, Bujins are listed as a Tier 3 deck in this website, and... This is a very aggressive build. I've always been used to them being a grass deck, and they're not really a grass deck anymore. But Fire Formation Gyaku is definitely a very aggressive card, and then it also powers up the Bujins. You lock them down, and they get those 100 attack points. So um, I'm glad this deck works. There's not a lot of other uh, Bujin helpers like the Hare and the other one, the Sinew, I think that's called. And um, yeah, Ties is in this deck. There's the third Bujin Arasuda go with the Mikazuchi and the Yamato, so yeah, very powerful deck. Yeah, this is more of like a, an aggro tempo build, because you have a couple guys who are pretty good at just attacking the Yamato, the Mikazuchi, <laughs> um, and, he, and to a lesser extent the Arasuda, um, and then you just kind of lock them down with the Canadias, the fire formations, and if they try to attack into you, you've got the crane to just mess with them. So it seems pretty solid, uh, pretty good as far as like just a tempo control type deck. Uh, I don't think I have the cards, but if I do, I'd like to try this out. It seems fun. Yeah, I think I'm short one crane. When you have the three Yamatos, it's pretty good. You uh, They always back then, uh, I say back then, but... When Bujins tried to make it, they always did use restart, so you could try to get at least one Yamato in your hand, and then you're good. You could just guarantee the crane in your hand uh, that turn, so, yeah. Yeah, I guess the Ties does that a little bit, too. Yeah, if you get the other guys out, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, maybe that's your slight protection, or, like, help with consistency. Well, if, you, so. if you draw the Arasuda, you get screwed, though, because you can't, you can't use Ties after that. Oh. Huh. Like two of them are in your hand, and you can't get the last Arasuda out from your deck, so then you're stuck with the uh, two cards you can't use. <laughs> uh, huh. I, well, I mean, I guess you're just taking that risk. Yeah. Oh, well. It's cool. I like it. So that was Dueling's meta. Dueling's Pro Tournament 20 is happening tomorrow. Um,. We have a link for you to sign up here. It's two dollars and fifty cents uh, to get in. So there it is. Yeah, hopefully we'll try to get this out quickly. So there's still time. Uh, should be out today. So depending on when they close signups and stuff, you should be fine if you're interested. Um, I'm not sure how much of a different uh, player base pool. It's definitely some of the same, some different people, but um, 
it might be a little easier than than the regular uh, group, but it could be the same people playing. So it's definitely a step up of the Kaiba Cup, and you could win real money, of course. So there you go. Yeah, I would assume that it's going to be about the same caliber as the Duel Links meta. I know there's a lot of crossover in the players, and also the fact that it requires a even a small um, cash like entry fee means that uh, I think kind of only more serious players are going to sign up. It's also slightly less well known, so again, you know, more serious players probably. So I think it'll be a really tough competition. And hopefully we'll see some cool stuff to, or next week when we talk about it. Yep. Alright. So you notice that the Duel Links meta update... Oh, the Duel Links meta has updated their tier list. So what's the what's the update? Yeah, so uh, they try to fairly regularly uh, update their tier list. And uh, they've done so again... Let's see, this went live... I don't know, very recently. Oh, December 11th. Uh, Say so, Monday, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the changes were they've upgraded Banish Control to Tier 2, and then it went on to, like we just said, win the Duel Links meta. So, you know, that's gone, that's gone pretty well. The very next day it did that. <laughs> um, and then they upgraded UA back to Tier 3. It had dropped off completely from the list, and now it's back. So um, they... Didn't change anything else, which means that Vampires are still the only Tier 1 deck in their assessment. Um, the rest of the Tier 2 includes Blue Eyes, Masked Heroes, and then Tier 3 is a lot of decks you see every once in a while. Bujins, Buster Blader, Fur Hires, Gemini, Spellbooks, and then now UA. Uh, they've talked about in this and in other places that whole What Grows in the Graveyard plus um, Junk Synchron combo that we talked about and seen how you know, discussing that that might shake things up, it might not, but that that's kind of like the thing they're keeping an eye on for future changes, as well as, of course, any cards that come out between now and whenever they do the changes. So, uh, you know, that's kind of it. We've seen these Tier 1 and Tier 2 decks. Uh, Blue Eyes has dropped off a lot, so that might fall uh, to Tier 3 in the next one. But is there anything else you want to talk about with these? Um... I've always felt Mass Heroes were, like, Tier 1. I don't know. Maybe maybe they get hit more in the tournament setting. This this tier list isn't exactly, like, a King of Games type tier list. It's just overall combining tournament plus ladder. So I think that's why they might not be where the Vampires are there. But I feel like they're just as good in ranked. Uh, of course, that depends on the matchup. Um, I feel like I've seen a lot of Blue Eyes, but that might just be lesser players just getting to know the deck and they're taking it up and they're playing it worse. So um, it, it hasn't seen, I haven't seen it drop down in numbers, but I have seen it. I have beat it more. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Yeah, I was thinking we haven't seen it in a tournament in a while. Um, right. And also I, my small, albeit small sample size uh, has seemed like I've seen less of it, but maybe, maybe that's wrong. I do think that Blue Blue Eyes is an easy deck and a fairly cheap deck for uh, newer players, especially if you want to just put in a tiny bit of money to buy it twice instead of buying like a whole box multiple times through. Uh, so I think that it's probably a choice of newer players. It's both easier to play and easier to build. Um, it is also really fast, which makes it good for the ladder. 
I wouldn't want to bring like banish control on the ladder for yeah. like a long period of time. And Mass Heroes is really good for the ladder for that reason too, where uh, pretty close to fifty percent of the time you have an OTK if your opponent doesn't have the right back row. You just play your hero, you attack, and then you mass change and you attack again and you win. Um, so I've had, uh, in my little stint of playing it, I had that happen multiple times where I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This deck, I, I literally just win based on my hand. So that's really easy for if you're trying to get a lot of games in. Obviously that was in the, whatever that is, Platinum? No. Yeah, the one right before Legend, so yeah, it's not the it. highest. Yeah, it's not the highest uh, competitive tier, and and I wasn't facing all meta decks. I was facing only some meta decks. So uh, the meta decks are better equipped to handle that, and maybe that's why it's tier two. But I agree. I think it's a really good deck, and it's especially good on the ladder because of those quick and fairly easy games. Whereas vampires, I still kind of just let them do their thing, and then when they decide if they're done or not, then I'm like, okay, do I have a turn? Do I win? Do I lose? Like, you right. tell me. Right, they're, Them being better against vampires than most is what makes me say that, whatever, because, you know, I've I've lost my share against Masked Heroes. Uh, and the whole losing life points thing definitely goes uh, as a disadvantage. And Masked Heroes have a ton of cards, Drill Dark being one, especially powerful and celestial uh, and the direct attacker. So um, they're, they're fighting for it in the ladder fairly evenly, I must say. Yeah. I think the direct attacker in Anki, of course, is really strong. Uh, perhaps it's a slight liability in that a lot of people are running drowned mirror force, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Drowned mirror force now. And so every once in a while, like I think it happened to me once, but you have to be careful about it, and once you are kind of playing around and careful about it, then then the deck's incredibly powerful. So I don't know. We'll see if it goes up or down or what. I do expect Blue Eyes to go down, though, in the next one, unless something changes. So that is to look at the meta. Uh, hopefully that would help you uh, gain some ranks and get some rewards. The event that happened this week, the PvE event, DD Tower Sacred Light Dimension. This is the third third one like this thing. There was a fire, there was a water, there was a dark, and there was an earth and a wind. So this is the fourth one. And um, there are some improvements. Right. Didn't you you combine two of them. Oh, okay, right, yeah. right, you're right. I forgot about that. Okay. Cool. Like, these, two, these two attributes are boring, so we'll just combine them, and then here we are. <laughs> It's fair. So there are some differences. When you lose, you get a skill called Willpower, which gives you a passive buff uh, for your next game. There are LP tanks, which help add uh, your maximum life points. And they give you some uh, accessories. They get the White Magician Pikaru accessories just from doing the levels, so those are pretty free. And then you get the Gradius ones for getting those uh, mission completion benchmarks. And they give the Gradius icon... For a hundred percent mission completion rate, I've never played the Gradius games. I think, I think that stuff was like came out in the eighties, so I guess I wasn't born yet. So I guess that's why I didn't play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. Uh, I don't know. For these events, I pretty much just auto duel until I die, and then I let my stuff refill, and then I auto duel again until I die, and then only after I die like multiple times in a row 
do I actually step in and actually duel it? I know you really like these events, but they're not they're not for me, I think. I had to step in this morning. Um, you know, like you 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 could put all the synchros you want in a deck. You could put all the equip spells you want in the deck, but the the auto duel just doesn't do it, so sucks, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, so you're still you're trying to get all of the uh the things, well, right? Well, I, I let them slip. Sometimes I just get one, and I'm like, I'm just going to move on and have extra time when I want to hit a benchmark. I'm not going to go for the 100%, but I might just go for the 60. I, I, I want to get this um, this Victory Viper uh, dual mat. It's pretty sweet. There's no Victory Viper on it, but it's got the four other cards that kind of look like Victory Vipers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, that was your jam, whatever that was, like a year and a half ago. <laughs> My first deck. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm like... Okay, sure. I'm cool with it. I I might do it. Usually what I do is I just let it auto-duel, um, yeah. and then it'll pick up, you know, like, one or two of the things. And then it's good enough. Two the, out of three is good enough, yeah. Yeah, and then at the end when I go back, like, at the end of the event, after I've cleared all the levels, then sometimes I'll go back and do any of the easy ones that the auto-duel missed. But I've, I've never gotten 100% completion, and I don't really plan to. So. Oh, yeah. It's too much for a, an icon. Like, who cares about an icon? Yeah. Some people right. do, though. And, Some people. you know, good for those people. Let's talk about the cards. Lightning War. I feel like we talked about this card like a billion times because it was the only one leaked. But let's talk about it again. <laughs> this is a 7-star Synchro 2400 Warrior. No tuning requirements that are out of the ordinary. Unremarkable tunings. If this card destroys an opponent's monster by battle and sends it to the graveyard, inflict 300 damage to your opponent for each card in your opponent's hand. So, this card sucks. It's just, uh, you're basically paying two monsters or more for a 2400 conditional ability on burn. That could be zero. They could have no cards in their hand. So, it's it's just like a low impact and conditional on a 2400, which is not that good. But you get three copies from this event. Yeah. So, you know, if you pick them up, then you you pick them up, and sure, that's cool. But I agree. I don't think this guy's very good. I like the uh, description. You could give Lightning Blade to this card. Yeah, I saw that. And then there's oh a typo God. in it, too, which I don't have in front of me, so I can't call it out specifically. But it was it, it says, like, it makes you easier to kill or something like that. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, we're running the cards. So you're going to lose the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Bylon Tetra, SR, two-star machine tuner, 900-900. If this card is sent from the monster zone to the graveyard, you can pay 500 life points, target one face-up monster you control, equip this to the target. If the equipped monster will be destroyed, you can destroy this card instead. So Vylons failed big time when they, they came in that box. I thought there was going to be a lockdown with Epsilon and... Uh, that equip card that kind of made them OP, but it never worked out. And I think that had to do with the speed. And this is a tuner, and you kind of want your tuners to to be faster. Like we just talked about Junk Synchron with Akiza's skill. That's really fast. You could get your, your Synchro out in one turn. Unfortunately, this guy does not do that. You just have to do two turns. It's a, it's a nice card. It's protection for a Power Tool Dragon or Vylon, but... It's slow, so that limits it. It's upside. Yeah, I think this one's like, it. It's worth trying to get. 
Um, I don't think it'll see any play right now for those reasons you just said. But having a little bit of protection for your guy, it's like, that's never bad. It's something that you can consider. Right, and it's like, uh, it's a light tuner, and it, you, you could use it for anything, right? Like, it doesn't have to be violence. So it's just another tuner to have, which is nice. Like, you could just look at all your tuners, and eventually one will fit in a specific deck. So, yeah. Right, yeah. Like you, like you said, it's... At some point, there's going to be a deck that specifically needs light tuners or specifically needs level 2 tuners or whatever, and then uh, this will kind of be one of your options for that deck, whichever whatever deck it ends up being, and it might be the best option. So I'm hoping that I get a few, uh, two or three of these. RNG, the gambling in this box. <laughs> yep. Diana the Light Spirit, 4-star Thunder, 1700-1000, cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be special summoned from your hand by banishing one light monster from your graveyard. Once per turn during the opponent's end phase, gain 1,000 life points. So, I think you like these cards more than me, but it's it's not a horrible card. It comes out for free on a fairly easy condition. Um, you get life every turn. At the end of your opponent's end phase, which is a bit unusual, um, there's a stupid combo. You could do a Fire Princess, so you gain life and they lose life, but I don't really see how this card fits, but it's not horrible for being a free card. Yeah, uh, this is another one. I don't I don't think it'll actually see play. Um, like you said, I do like these types of things, and a free summon, it's always like worth considering. Um this condition, like you said, isn't that tough, so it's worth considering for that reason too. And all around, I think it's a it's an okay card that doesn't have a home right now. I think the problem is that for its effect to happen, you need it to live, and it doesn't have particularly good stats. So it seems like it might be stronger just as like a ramp type card or something, and we have a lot of those already. And so I kind of suspect this will never see play, even though it's like an okay card. Yeah. Lightning Blade we already have. It helps the Lightning Warrior for sure. The rare card, Layered the Light Liberator. Four-star fairy, 1400-1500. Add two of your removed from play fairy-type monsters to your hand. Each time a counter trap is activated. So this is kind of like the uh, Superb Taya where they had a bunch of counter trap cards. And that's where this fits. But it's only got 1,400 attack. It adds the removed from play fairy monsters, which I guess it, it you have to have those that set up to have those removed from play. And like, what were they removed from play for? So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's like... It's it's something, but it seems too like late game and too slow and too extra to be worth anything. I think. Is Diana a fairy? I don't have it up in front of me. Thunder, oh, thunder type. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like it kind of wants to go with this one, and then the light rays that we're about to talk about. Yeah. But I know one of those is a dragon, the other one's a warrior. So it's a little weird. If they were all fairies, then it would like kind of all work together pretty well, and I still don't know if it would make it. Uh, any of them playable, but at, at least then it would make a little more sense. Yeah. Light Ray Diablos, 7-star dragons, 2,800, uh, 1,000. Cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be a special summon from your hand by having 5 or more light monsters 
with different names in your graveyard. Once per turn, you can banish one light monster from your graveyard, target a set card your opponent controls, reveal it, put it on the top or bottom of their deck. So, obviously, this card gets killed by the f- second sentence, where it says having five or more light monsters with different names. So that's two really, <laughs> really <laughs> tough things happening there. It's a strong card. It's a nice card. But that condition is a bit much. Yeah, I think it's probably just too much to make it happen. I, like, an- immediately, my brain started churning. I was trying to find <laughs> out some way to make it work. Uh, I-, I am probably still going to, like, play with it when I get board or whatever try to make it work uh but i don't i don't think i'll be successful uh one of the things so you wrote in the notes that maybe like a grass bougions thing the old yeah. older style bougions that sounds promising um i was thinking like maybe we could do this with cyber angels because everything in its light already and this helps you clear one of the back row and i don't know do they have five As- monsters with different names <laughs> Wonder. They have the petite. They have the uh, three, three of the, the girls. thousand hands, and then they have the three different. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they have at least five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the way to save Cyber Angels, though. No. But it's Light, an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Light Ray Gear Freed Eight Star Warrior Twenty Eight Hundred Twenty Two Hundred. The same condition, where you have to have the five light monsters with different names to special summon. Once per turn, during either player's turn, when a spell or trap is activated, you can banish a warrior from your graveyard. Negate the activation, and you do destroy it. All face of cards you control must be warriors. So, you need light warriors with different names, and five of them, so... Yeah. Yeah, this one's... Everything we just said about the last one, this one's even more limited, uh... Because it has to be light warriors. There are, of course, a couple, but not enough that I... This guy needs a lot more, like, options for it to see play. Even in my crazy tuning little brain, I don't think this will be a thing. Yeah, this is... Like, if you want to try this thing out, I feel like you can't even win in the gold ranks with this type of deck. I feel I feel like you'll need to be in a casual game with someone who is actually casually playing. Or something along those lines. I was thinking maybe, like, BLS is the one thing that this makes me think of. Um, you need the darks, though, right? Kind of. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is uh, too much. Too much. <laughs> too much. And I noted the Dark Witch because she got censored, so that's what... Uh, if you could spot the censorship, great. If you're playing the Japanese version, then <laughs> no censorship. Yeah, so I, you wrote that in the notes... And I went and I like looked it up. You saw it immediately? Yeah. No, I didn't. I, oh, I looked it up censorship. and Google sent me to like a bunch of uh, of stuff that isn't uh, friendly, <laughs> isn't show yeah, friendly. Yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if this is what I was looking for. But and you can see so it right like, away though, right? Well, yeah, once once it was pointed out, it, it may have come up in the initial results. I just didn't notice because uh, it's such a small censorship and weird one yeah. too like i don't know why they did it but well whatever four kids four kids <laughs> yeah i guess no but like why can't they make it the same color like i don't understand that like like was it that hard <laughs> do we want to tell the people now i feel like her dress is just longer but it's like a different color from what her initial her regular dress looks like it's oh. darker 
Okay, yeah, so that makes more sense. The dress longer thing. I was looking at, the thing that I was looking at said that, and, oh. it, and it's true, her horns are a different color, too. Oh, they might have made it look less demonic. I guess. But, like, why are, like, bone-colored horns less demonic than red horns? I mean, it seems like if you have horns, you're demonic. Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> not for us to decide. Yeah. Yes, the, oh, well. the dress I was talking about. Oh. The dress oh, thing yeah. makes sense. I, I expected the dress to happen, and then when I looked it up, it said, her horns are a different color. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But whatever. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Cool. So those yeah, those are the cards you can get from this event. Um, you know, I, I think it's good just to go through the whole event. Make sure you do every level uh, to get maximum rewards. Obviously, the cosmetics are up to you, so... Yeah, I mean, I definitely try to min-max the, the rewards. Um, it's finally something I can auto-duel again, and I've gotten my data back, so I can do that yeah. uh, at least a little bit. And I always like to try to go through the other, like the pull rewards uh, yes. at, at least a couple times, you know, just try to get as much out of that as I can, too. It's just, you know, free stuff. You should take advantage of it. All right. We're going to talk about bugs and issues. Um, two issues, one that's kind of new to me and one that's kind of old to me, but it's interesting. Let's Go Goyo. Trudge's skill, Let's Go Goyo, puts the two Jute Fighters in your deck and one Goyo Guardian in your extra deck. We always saw this bugged because it took out your whole extra deck for one card. But now they're saying that's how it was intended to be. <laughs> and the original description was wrong. Yeah, that's weird. I don't... I mean, that just makes the skill, like, so much worse, if that's yeah. how it's intended to be. It doesn't want... fit the other characters. The other characters just add it. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, that's weird, then. Extra doesn't make sense. I thought that they would have changed all of them that way, if they were saying that that's how it was supposed to be. So. That's trudge, yeah. Yep, that's weird. And then the Absolute Crusader... This is a Tristan card. You get three copies of as you level him up. And there's a bug where you could activate his ability to target any special summon monster and destroy it. The problem is it doesn't destroy the monsters that are level 4 and below. So you just sacrifice your Absolute Crusader for nothing. But you could activate the ability. So I thought it was OP at first, but then I heard that you know it doesn't do anything for the level 4s and below. So it would have been a really crazy exploit though if it was that way. Yeah, so the difference is like between it being broken in the sense that it's too good versus it being broken in the sense that it's literally <laughs> broken and you just are sacrificing your guy for no use. Uh, so, I don't know. I guess I actually kind of prefer the latter, but either way, I'm glad they fixed it. It's kind of funny if you sacrifice him for a level 4 because he already has 1800, so he probably would have been able to fight the level 4 or lower, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people just kind of aren't paying the most attention either generally when they play or because they're playing on their phone while they're doing something else, and then they'll just, like, click yes on stuff anyway. And so right. if it pops up, that they're just like, oops, I guess I just sacrificed my guy for no reason. All right, so now it's the, the moment you've all been like waiting for, uh, eagerly waiting for. It's the best of 2018 in duels. I'm sure they're super eager. Super eager. I kind of did some research to look back. The first cards that were released this year were Overdone, Burial, Popcorn, um, 
There's a bunch of other ones. Horsey Tail, Griggle, things like that. Those were the those were the ranked rewards. Also, the Berserker Crush. So that was the Karibo card. And Duel Links Meta Weekly just started. They had number one. Duel Links Meta Weekly number one happened. And uh, Grand Harrier, our uh, Patreon, got first place in that one, actually. With Glad with Shadow Game Glad Beasts. And nice. Ancient Gears was number two. There was a Worm Burn deck, number three. And a Shadow Game Red Eye Zombie, I think, was the fourth spot. So it's Red Eye Zombie was still around. Our first episode was about Bamboo. It was called Bamboozled, so we were talking about the Bamboo deck. So a lot has happened this year. Yeah, I remember that deck. It got a, a swift, like, fix. <laughs> it, it came out, everyone hated it, and then Konami was like, hmm, let's undo that. We both played it a little, though. Right? I remember I, I did play it. Yeah, yeah, I played it a bit. I wanted to try it out. Um, I remember I didn't have quite, like, all of the cards. There was, like, a UR or something that you needed uh, to really get the engine be completely broken, but I had enough to make it work. Played it a little bit on the ladder, and then after that initial play, I was just trying to figure out, like, other decks I could fit it into and just, like, other ways to play it besides the most obvious way that people were doing. Right. Um, anyway, so yep. So we're going to talk about our categories and our reasons for nominating these cards as the top 2018 cards. All of these cards and things were released this year, so that's what the qualifications were. Just so you know. Uh, this one's called uh, Value Town, the top card set release. And the one I selected was the Destiny Rulers Structure Deck, which came out early in 2018. And, um, you know, we kind of tag-teamed on this one. Like, we kind of both have the same deck it talks about yours yours talks about two decks but it both kind of goes in like one can't you can't be destiny you can't be masked heroes without valiant souls or destiny rulers so yeah um, yeah so that was mine the the valiant souls box um i selected it a to be a different choice than yours but also b because like you said it has anki it has mask change which to me is like the more important part of uh, the Masked Heroes. I think right. that that's like the reason to play it. Whereas your uh, the cards in Destiny Rulers, which includes like the Drill Dart and the what's his name, the Celestial, right? Yeah, yeah. So those are like the really powerful support cards that kind of allow you to play it. Whereas my the the ones in the Valiant Souls box are the reasons for you to want to play it. Um, it also gave us. Um, some of the Amazonist cards, the specifically the Onslaught and the Baby Tiger and probably a couple other things, um, and it gave us the Witch. I forget her name right. exactly, but sure. the one where you tribute the uh, yeah. trap cards to summon her to kill your opponent back row. Love Valiant that card. So- Valiant Souls wasn't bad. They had all the Gearjas. They had Paleozoic Canadia. So it was a really good box. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, so, I mean, basically all of that is the reason why I picked that. I think it was probably the best box and the best just overall set of cards uh, from the year. Good stuff there. Yeah, yeah I I was just thinking um, Destiny Heroes are still around. They, they've just had significant longevity. We're, we're talking about 10 months here. And yeah. Um, they couldn't be where they are without those 1600 tech monsters. Of course, they were running the fusion for a while. They were running, they still run the fusions. Um, the other two fusions that you use sometimes. 
uh, that's kind of dropped out of the meta now, but um, they helped make make the deck. So um, yeah, pick yeah, that for one. sure. Good picks. This is the biggest cheese, the most offensive archetype that we hated the most. I'm going with Sylvans. Came out with the Rise of the Forest, I think it was called. Um, I think the the RNG nature of it. I think the carrot also. The carrot, they wouldn't be where, how good they were without the carrot. And, of course, the Rose Lover. So, the the RNG nature of it. And also, I mean, the Mushroom, of course. The mushroom, five yeah. cards. <laughs> yeah. So, all of that combined kind of... I, I hated it, so I'm glad they're gone. Yeah, the RNG nature, it really does make it feel bad because it means that you would often lose to a player who you felt didn't deserve to win. Even if they didn't, like, make any misplays they didn't make any particular plays that made you feel like they should win either. So I could definitely see how that was a feels bad deck uh, to play against. Um, For whatever reason, I just never felt as upset about it as other people. I perhaps what I was playing had good matchups or, or I was, you see stealth by then. I forget. I forget. Hmm? Were you see stealth by then? Yeah, I think I was. Um, And that was an at least decent, matchup um if i got my sea stealth active before they just like went off then i almost always won and if they went off first then they almost always won so i don't know so maybe it was just what i was playing at the time it didn't bother me as much uh the one that that i nominated is uh fur hires yep Uh, if i win (laughs) i win the consensus (laughs) it it was really frustrating it had a little bit of that RNG element. It just felt like it was too good and also too easy. Um, it gave you that same aspect where you felt like your opponent maybe didn't deserve to win. Um, and then it was like, no matter what you did, it felt like they could just come back and undo it or you know they'll destroy all your stuff and also build a giant wall of guys and also you can't attack because they have two of the... 2500 attacker out and also they're countering your stuff with whiz and you're just like i hate this deck so much that deck um so i'm not sure if the uh, i want my gems happened by then but it was really cheap like, i don't know if it was a response to that i don't think it was a response to it but i do think it was really cheap and we were having that discussion as well uh, we were talking about how like the game definitely needs at least one viable cheap deck uh, per meta. And then at around the time that they did the nerfs, we were talking about, like, well, do we still have one? They were like, oh, yeah, Amazon is, is pretty yeah. cheap, too. So, And that's a deck that I, I love. That was kind of like, well, we'll get to it. But um, I love that deck, and I think it was kind of the exact opposite uh, way of doing a cheap deck. And yeah. I thought it was much more interesting and fun for the game to have that be our main cheap deck but maybe that was just me duelist of the year so this is the best legendary duelist and i think this year it was odeon that was my pick and for me it was always like facing tayer or weevil back in the day and that you knew you were in for a tough matchup and a lot of that had to do with very good trap cards being put into the game this year and when you already faced an Odeon, it was just like, oh, not this again. So that's how I felt. That's why I picked him. I never played him, but it, it was always an imposing matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, I was thinking Odeon 
uh, might be a good choice as well. I think the kind of most important skill of the year was balance, but so many duelists have that that it, it doesn't really work for this like category. <laughs> um, We're all winners and, this year. Was that? They're all winners this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's a winner. Uh, so my choice like it is um, Ishizu for her value in like the tournament scene. Yeah. Um, I think Odeon. It, well, I know Odeon had way more play in like the ladder, and I've seen a lot more Odeon. I've used Odeon, but Ishizu, um, especially in the second half of the year, has had a really good showing. So I wanted to give her a shout out too. Yeah, I would I would give her a shout out no matter what, and um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, definitely definitely the tournament thing as evidenced by by um, this this meta weekly, and I I mean. Yeah, grave, graveyard resurrections really have become the thing to do. So uh, we have to wait for that meta to go out. If it does in Yu-Gi-Oh, I'm not sure. So. Yeah. Event of the year. So I picked the Ubel event. This is kind of a weird one, but I feel like it had the best package of cards for a deck that could kind of compete and wasn't, you know, the strongest deck, but it could definitely compete on the ladder. And that one event gave us all the cards. Of course, you need the fire. King Island cards and things like that, but you don't really have to build the deck with Nephis, so um, it's just a very versatile set of cards. I don't really like facing the Ubel decks, but it's just one event that gave us a bunch of useful cards, and of course the character, too. So, Yeah, yeah, I think that was a really good pick. Um, I might have gone with the same. I While I was trying to decide what I wanted to put here, you reminded me, though, that the Elegant Mai event... Uh, gave us the Amazonist Princess, which I think was just my like individual favorite card, um, like, just for what it did for the game. Um, in addition to making that archetype f- viable, it uh, did it in a fun way where you could build it in lots of different ways. You could build in your own kind of individual twist to it and tech. So basically, I'm giving the event of the year to Elegant my just because it gave us um, One card. <laughs> the Amazonist Princess, uh, I would I wanted to kind of think about which events I found were the most fun, regardless of what cards they gave us, right. but I just couldn't overlook the value of the princess. That, that mean, won it, it out for me. I definitely have remarked about certain events being fun. I, I was thinking about the reward aspect, too, because we're just talking about two roaming duelists here. So, um, Let's see. The... the the one we're in right now, the the DD Tower, that wasn't really a new event. There was the the Monster Worlds were new this year. How how do you like those? I think they're okay. I, I think they're a little bit too time consuming um, for my taste. Where it was like interesting and fun to try it out initially, and then I like after the first day or something, I'm like, okay, this is kind of starting to grind on me. Uh, the tag so, duels were fun, right? What's that? The tag duels. Yeah, I think they were. I also like, did was this one of, yeah, we did a couple of the special, like, dual events where you have to use... Oh, right. Um, the, the legendary duelist cards. Yeah, yeah, that. I think in terms of fun, that would be my favorite, probably. Got King of Games with that, I remember. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah. That was pretty good. Best Picture... And by that, I mean card art. I'm going to go Vampire's Domain. Look up this card. It's beautiful. It's got the red moon. 
the Vampire Grimson. Very good card. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I didn't really... So generally speaking, I'm not actually a big fan of the Yu-Gi-Oh! art. I think it's generally of lower quality than other card games I've played. Um, I I think it kind of... It started out as like a budget thing, and then it kind of just became like the flavor of the game slash maybe a a self... Like a joke on itself or something. I'm not sure exactly, but um, for the most part... I'm not a huge fan. I did, however, there are a couple cards that I like. Um, I'm terrible with card names, as you guys know. So I kind of tried to find... The first one that I could think of that I really liked is uh, one of the new cards, Powered in Zectron. uh, It has a noticeably different art style than most of the Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff, and it's one that I appreciate. So, you know, there you go. That's my pick. How do you feel about Moha? Moha. I do not like Moha. That's like, like uh, you know, modern art. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Best screenplay, and by screenplay, I mean card text. I went with Vampire Vamp. So, I I thought this was just really funny in that the card itself doesn't have that, but in the in the Duel Links one, they say, "Oh, you play any vampire except for Vampire Orcus and Vampire Koala." It's just like a lot of clunky stuff going on. I'm sure there's worse card text, but in, in addition, all the vampire cards have like three abilities. So then they add this text about vampire koala into the three abilities. <laughs> just like a whole wall of text. So you your choice for best was actually because it was the worst, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Okay. Uh, man. So this is another area. So I love a lot of aspects about Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, but this is another one that I don't. Uh, I do think that there's a big issue with card text in this game, and I'm not sure exactly why. Um, it's a reading comprehension game, maybe, trying to teach kids how to read. I don't know. But, there's a card uh, with really long card text. I don't know what year it came out, though. Yeah, there's a lot of them, but I just don't. I don't know. I really I, I don't t- remember any of these. I didn't. I didn't select one. I had nothing. I'm thinking about but, the BLS Envoy of the Evening Twilight. Yeah. That there's so many... Yeah. Like, you can look up, like, just Google long Yu-Gi-Oh card text or something, and I've seen some ridiculous-looking cards. Um, and it's just kind of part of what Yu-Gi-Oh is about, and I don't... I think that's a weakness of the game. Not And, man... If we get into this Pendulum Monsters, then boy. Yeah. Like, I just looked at it, this Nirvana High Paladin. This is ridiculous. (laughs) This is reading a novel on a card. And it's, like, holographic, so it's also distracting art. And it has, like, multiple colors within the art, or within the card itself, because the the card face has to be two colors, because it's a synchro pendulum effect monster. It's just, like, man, this is just painful to look at. Whenever pendulums come, <laughs> yeah. learn those two. I'm not a fan, but okay. Uh, we're getting down to our last two categories. My grandpa's deck, because this deck has no pathetic cards. I picked Destiny Heroes. Um, going on with the longevity of the deck, obviously they didn't, they didn't really make it till Valiant Souls, so it's like you know three quarters of the year, but it's still pretty good in, in dueling standards. It's just been 
consistently good. There was a down. There's a time where it wasn't being played. I remember. I forget what meta we were in, but it came back almost immediately. So uh, I reward Destiny Heroes for its longevity. I hated facing it, but it was very good. There you go. Mine uh, is kind of going along with the, my whole theme for the evening. Uh, Amazon is it's scooping up all the rewards for, or all the awards for me. Um, I just love the deck. I, the archetype was strong. It had a lot of longevity as well, um, just like the uh, Destiny Heroes did. And it also, I just really love the way that it allowed you, like I talked about before, to kind of put your own spin on it where there was a core of, I don't know, like 10 to 12 cards that you had to put in it. And then even now, that's substantially smaller because now people are running kind of like a, the Banished Control, which is kind of an Amazonist deck, but mostly just a deck that runs the Amazonuses. So um, I just, I love the way, I love archetypes that let you kind of put your own spin on stuff. And I felt like Amazonist was really good about that. And I had a lot of fun playing it and building with it. And uh, definitely my favorite deck of the year. The way you talk about it now it makes me feel like it's like vampires kind of took that role. Because I feel like, I don't know, I'm just doing whatever I want with this deck, and it's just the same, you know, you're winning with whatever you want. <laughs> type deck. Yeah, I mean, when you say that, it sounds like it's a problem. Like, yeah, no matter what cards you put in there, you still win. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I don't know, it seemed fun to me. Like, I, I ran it, you know, with the Lava Golems, you can run it with... That's only uh, skills, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of skills. You could run it with tons of different skills. Like, I just thought that that flexibility gave me a lot of room to play with. And as a person who really enjoys the deck-building aspect of this game uh, and of all card games, then that was just really fun. So, All right. I don't have the vamp card, so I can't try it out. We are down to it. The last category, card of the year, and I picked Paleozoic Canadia. It kind of did take off in the second half of the year, and it was kind of in response to Econ being semi-limited. So it kind of took the role of Econ, I think. It it fit in every deck. It provided ramp. It negated activations. It put a card face down. It was um, it's immune to monster abilities. It just became really good. I feel like it's going to get nerfed soon because it's being used everywhere. So, yeah. Yep. Incredibly powerful card, like you said, uh, almost ubiquitous. Uh, I I don't know if... Yeah, it might get nerfed soon. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, it's played in everything, so that is one of the things they usually consider when they want to nerf stuff. Uh, and the reason why they play it in everything is because it's really good right now. My pick, no surprise, Amazon is Princess. Uh, for all the reasons that I said in the prior couple sections, um, just love the card. Love what it did for the game. Love the deck that it kind of helped build. Um, I want to give a special shout-out to Sea Stealth Attack, which did not win any of these individual categories, but which was, like, my second choice for a deck that I really enjoyed for the year and, you know, um, just kind of a fun overall thing. So that's it. That... Oh. I mean, obviously there's going to be more cards released in 2018, but we felt like we had to talk about these cards. Yeah. So. Plus, <laughs> now we're at a respectable time for right. for our show. We've done it. Yeah, we Hooray did. Hooray for the award show. The award show, yeah. <laughs> so, 
upcoming news, Esperobo is coming to the gate. So there he is. We're going to talk about Hasselberry for a hot minute. Uh, Hasselberry probably will be the event of next week, because it is mid-December. Uh, so his cards were leaked, so we have the leaks here. I, I have a bit of a problem with this card. It's called Giant Rex, but it has a tail. Like, it has a sail, I mean. It's not really uh, like a T-Rex. But there's that. And I'm going to talk about this. There's also the card Little D, so... For the memes, yes. Little D is given out as a reward. That's right. And, <laughs> and Volcanic Eruption. I'm just going to talk about Volcanic Eruption here. It's a trap card. During your end phase, if you control Jurassic World, destroy all cards on the field. This card has some upside. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure does. Um, we have multiple, the dino that can get you a Jurassic World from your deck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we obviously have the skill, so I don't know. Yeah, some upside. It'd be weird to make like a control dinos thing, because that's not really what dinos are about. But last time they were huge, it was kind of like an aggro control mid-rangey thing, so... I don't know. Like you said, upside. There might be something there. Blow up the board three times in a game. <laughs> it's a lot of value. The problem is that a lot of decks can just kill you in one turn instead of like setting up over multiple turns. So blowing up the board isn't as impactful. Unless you also have a way to kill them in one turn after you've blown up the board. Which is definitely possible because there's lots of ways to do it. So maybe. Can you, can you mask change uh, chain to this? Or no, this would... This would kill the. Well, then it guy. would just kill the Anki. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do Ch- that. Ch- changing a mask can't save you from a volcano, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like run into the booth right now, and then it's like lava. <laughs> there was like a Superman thing. It's like uh, saving someone from a volcano, like one of those nineteen thirty ones, um, Superman movies. The difference is that Superman is impervious to volcanoes, whereas right, his, uh, ca- his cape his cape can shield people from the lava. Yeah. Anki doesn't have a cape, so that's the problem. God damn it. Late December Duelist Challenges. So that's those are those five quizzes you get from the um, tour guide. Late December Duelist Chronicles Welcome to Duel Academy PvE event for GX. So cool. That'll be it to wrap up the year. Yep. Um, I always like those kind of ones that you get to learn the story a little bit because I only, I only watched a bit of it, so be interesting to see what happens at the Duel Academy. I don't know the whole story either, so there it is. There it is. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for attending the award show. <laughs> Send your nominees uh, next year. <laughs> oh yeah, if you, if you want to argue with any of these picks, definitely do so on Twitter. Uh, if you disagree with our picks. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Listen and subscribe to this podcast. We're everywhere. Literally everywhere, even Spotify. Check out the podcast and more at our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com, Facebook, facebook.com slash thedualassessment. If you like what we're doing, if you want to help us, patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Email us with anything, dualassessment at gmail.com, and you could argue those uh, 2018 cards of the year picks on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, me at Green Ranger CCG, deck ticket HS deck tech. Yep, love to hear from you. All right, that's it. Our show's over. Thank you for listening. Good night.